Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the debut episode of Shadowcast. This is the official podcast of Shadow Systems, and I am happy to be joined this evening with Black Math and the amazing Zandy. Just so that you have a little understanding of what this show is going to be about, we came from a community of hackers that existed 10 years ago that produced amazing shows on the internet before podcasts were a thing. Some of these influences were Default Radio, Radio Freak America, Ben Rev Radio, and most importantly, Hacknip. Uh, and I encourage everyone out there to go and Google Hacknip and listen to Mr. Chin's first podcast uh, because that was a big inspiration for all of us here at Shadow Systems. And a few other ones that are notable are Basenet Radio and Geek Love Radio. Uh, these people, they contributed to the community. They produced these amazing shows, some of them in the hundreds. And they were very influential on me personally and being able to be uh, interested in, in hacking uh, before it was called InfoSec and be able to have an alternative news source that wasn't a biased media. So this is a big uh, shout out to all of those people who influenced us and we hope that we can carry on in your uh, memory because y'all are all dead now. Uh, so moving on, this show is going to focus on hacking uh, as a culture in general. So that's going to include information security for all of you professionals out there, hacking for all of you actual hackers out there, and then uh, activism, uh, cryptography, and uh, hell, what else? Whatever we want it to be because this is our show and for some reason you're listening to it. So uh, welcome to Shadowcast. This is going to be an uh, uh, entertaining train wreck, hopefully, and maybe you might learn something as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's, let's move in here. Um, I'll give you a little bit of information about me. My name is Whiskey Neon, and I've been interested in hacking without realizing it since I was a little child uh, out in the middle of the country with no friends to play with. My friend was any electronic device I could put in my hands. And growing up doing this, it was always an awesome outlet and has provided a very awesome career uh, because that's just kind of a thing now. I don't know if anyone noticed, but computers are cool and we're able to make decent money off of it. So uh, how about Black Math? Why don't you give a better introduction since I just shed all over myself? Yo. Um, introduction for the show. I, I don't know if you ever listened to, uh, I think I, I used to listen to Infonomicon too a little bit. Oh, yes, yes. But, but yeah, all those old shows, like they're all gone now and, and all we have left are these really sanitized InfoSec podcasts, which are good for CPEs and have good content, but there's absolutely no culture left anymore and it kind of sucks. Yes, that is something that I can definitely agree with. Um, and, I, I mean, that's basically what we grew up listening to, and now they're all gone. And uh, thanks for including Infonomicon in that as well. Uh, and, and moving on to, to Zandy, why don't you give everyone uh, a little intro on you? So, I'm, uh, I've been into the whole hacking computer thing for a while. Uh, maybe not as long as other people, because I don't remember listening to a bunch of the older uh, radio shows and podcasts, but uh, that's 
what I do. It's a hobby. I program by day and screw around with computers by night. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. And you're at a great place, Zandy, because you're you're amazing. So, uh, <laughs> so so now that we got our introductions out of the way, so let's move on to some news. Black Math, why don't you uh, kick us off there? All right. So, saw this headline: poker players targeted by card watching malware. And uh, I mean, I see malware different types and variations come through my news feeds all day long, every day. But this one looks funny because it looks like uh some guys are delivering malware through looks like uh, uh how to get good at poker apps or things like that that are targeting poker players and then it recognizes i think uh, maybe two different poker sites that they log onto, and it takes screenshots and sends it back to the mothership and they can see the user's user ID, and apparently they go and look for the poker games that they're playing, hop on, and they can see their cards. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they basically win. That's amazing. Uh, and, and that wasn't a reference to Zandy. Uh, so so, so is, this, <laughs> is this something that's actively occurring, or is this like something that's just, uh, you know, like they got busted or whatever? Uh, apparently, it's active in the wild. Um, looks like ESET found it. Uh, it says here ESET found the Windows malware lurking in some well-known file-sharing applications, PC utilities, as well as several widely used poker calculators and player databases. Oh, so it looks wow. like most of the victims are in Eastern Europe. Oh, okay, well, then that doesn't concern us at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but it's funny. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing. Uh, I think that's that's actually like that is the definition of hacking right there because I mean, they're literally <laughs> hacking, but then they're using it to cheat. That's awesome. I mean, if I were them, not only would I be very satisfied with myself, but I would be laughing my balls off the entire time. Or as soon as that first screenshot came back, I would feel so <laughs> I would feel so accomplished. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. That would be uh, just the best moment, knowing that you've succeeded, but also that you're, you're now owning someone at a game, you know, as well, and making money off of it. That's just, that is legitimately <laughs> so, so amazingly cool. Uh, so, yeah, what's, give me, just keep throwing, keep throwing, oh. uh, yeah, keep it going. Did you guys, did you guys hear about Microsoft building its own uh, Linux? Uh, distro oh no wow that sounds yeah sounds interesting so, <clears throat> um i thought so until i started reading more about it it's actually uh it's a linux os designed for um, their azure cloud switch so like commodity switches for data centers but it is all linux based so that it can be more uh, it's totally open and so it can be interoperable with uh you know, Microsoft apps, open source apps, things like that. And but, it can actually oh, yeah, be efficient, they, yeah. They have rolled their own distro. Well, it's cool. Do you know what it's based off of, or is it just like they took the kernel and they just made their own thing? Uh, it doesn't say here what it's based off of, if it is based off of something. Um, no, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense, you know. You're going to use the best tool for the job. Like, 
I doubt Microsoft is, you know, has drunk enough of their own Kool-Aid to only run Microsoft servers for their entire organization. Oh, uh, yeah, I yeah. doubt it. I think they, I think, yeah, they, they totally think that they use Linux a lot more than we would ever imagine. Honestly, I think, I think that would be, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> I think that they probably do use Linux in ways we've yeah, never even thought, you know. Doesn't Linus use uh, Windows at home? Oh, I'm sure. It, yeah, and, and he no, also... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just starting to <laughs> Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Because he had, like, some Netgear Soho router that he was using for his home network and was asking, like, if he should use DDWRT on it or something on, like, Google+. And I was appalled. I was like, Jesus Christ, he created the kernel, and you're asking for opinions on running it on your home router. I mean, like... <laughs> We have more complex home networks than the creator of Linux. That's, that's just doesn't seem right. Well, in all fairness, though, I mean, maybe he's a busy guy. He ain't got time for a, you know, a Mr. Chin style home network. Yeah, he he's got stuff. Well, I think Mr. Chin style network's going to start, uh, not being as extravagant since he's married now. So, that's in a couple. Oh, I guess for anybody that doesn't know uh we have one one member absent that was supposed to be here and that's mr chin so hopefully he'll be on another episode because he's uh he's the founder of hackness yes yeah it's one of the best I podcasts mean, that's, ever that's like having captain crunch on your podcast it it, it is uh and, and only slightly less crazy too um, if you want to find Hacknip, just search on textfiles.com in their audio section and you will find Hacknip. And it is honestly, I, 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 I hats off to Mr. Chen for that amazing piece of work that he did. Uh, and it, unfortunately he couldn't be here tonight, but we just want him to know that we appreciate his hard work that he put into Hacknip. Yeah. So wait, what's but anyway, he, he has a crazy oh, home yeah. network. Yes, he actually has a VLAN set up just for his wife that and in two different routers so that uh, her her network will never fail uh, because he will not be able to be alive if that occurs. So <laughs> can't touch the production network. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> um, I got one that's kind of you know hacker culture or actually infosec community related. And uh, I don't know if it's appropriate, but I guess I don't care. <clears throat> have you guys like followed? Um, have you seen Besides Las Vegas posted something about removing ties with their videographer? Yeah, that was like a huge drama thing that I just completely yeah, you, ignored. Okay, that's good because this is going to be awesome. Do you know who the videographer was? Uh, no, who was it? It's Iron Geek. Oh my god. <laughs> Because of the social justice <laughs> stuff, isn't it? it yeah, so be. he starts. He started a little tit for tat drama with uh, Wesley McGrew, who's an assistant professor at Mississippi State, and apparently, according to Robert Graham, uh, he has the Irata Security blog. Uh, Wesley McGrew is a frequent source of infosec drama, <clears throat> but um, I guess he stirred something up with uh, Iron Geek because Iron Geek made some Twitter. I think maybe a Twitter post that was a little 
I guess he thought it was offensive to women. I didn't see the original Twitter post. No, so. yeah, he, he tends to do that from time to time, actually. Uh, uh, and, and I don't know, it's kind of writing a fine line there where, uh, you, you know you know how, how things are. You, you just There's some things you just can't say. Uh, or, or if you say something, you have to say it a specific way so that your points yeah. make clearly and there's no room for misconception. I don't think he bothers to do that which is his own thing no. you know it's <laughs> he, he really doesn't no <laughs> yeah. saw, i saw some of that and it was just like fucking weird and i mean it's all done and over with for weeks by now but it was this weird thing where like he had that tit for tat thing with him and then apparently he set it up so that if you were it's apparently iron geek set it up so that if you went to his website from msu he would like not have the videos show up and there would be some like message on the page going off about how one of the professors was like whiny and everything. Yeah. Okay. So actually it started back in April and that's when Iron Geek made uh, some April fool's joke. Yep. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. He eventually blocked his site from all uh, Mississippi state university IPs. And then he, he lightened it up a bit by, allowing access, but he had the little Microsoft Clippy, the little paperclip dude, <laughs> pop up on his website that addressed uh, Mississippi State University. Okay, that's that's funny. I'm sorry. That, like, I, I, what he did on April Fool's joke was he made, uh, it was it was something, of, I, I, don't, I don't know, it was kind of insensitive. Uh, uh, yeah, he, he, he I, what was it? Come on, it, you got to look that up that- real quick. It was it's something about like being the, a lesbian or something. I don't remember. It was pretty inappropriate. I have it. It was it was some kind of it was some kind of weird thing about how he was gonna like give up infosec and become a women's studies doctorate or whatever. Radical so feminism it says. Download the videos while you can. <laughs> yeah, that's that was it. Which it's funny, <laughs> but but yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> <just a> <laughs> like. How, how far back was April Fool's again? And yeah. then, like, they still have this beef, and Iron Geek is going to, like, go after the guy's students to make a point. Well, I, I mean, if it's Clippy, that's whatever. That's fucking hilarious. Hell, I, I want to do that now. I just want to have, like, <laughs> if you go from any university, you just get Clippy saying college sucks or something. I don't know. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's harmless. Now blocking all those IPs, that's pretty immature. Uh, but hey, you know what? It's his own site. To be honest with you, like that's his thing. Uh, I'm all for free speech, whether you're a fucking idiot or not. Uh, shout out to Westboro Baptist Church. I will always defend their freedom of speech, even though I I, I hate them. Uh, so you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, Anyways, thanks Iron Geek uh, for being an internet legend, uh, shaping our, our, <laughs> our minds and, and contributing so much to the community and also uh, being insensitive and like, just, yeah, yeah, thanks. I can't believe that that's actually, like, I had no idea that the B-Sides drama was over that April Fool's joke goes back that far. That's insanity. Like, what yeah. a bunch of children everyone is. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, yeah, you know hacking probably... used to be hacking used to be you could say whatever the fuck you wanted, 
and it didn't matter, right? Like, people would call you an asshole, and that was it. Like, they just hate you. And now it's yeah, just Yeah, you have like, to have a thick skin. Yeah, yeah, now it's just all political and stupid. I don't know. That's why we're doing this shit. So if, if, if you feel offended so far that we're saying all this stuff, then fuck you, you're not a hacker. That's the, that's the point of the message, I guess. And it's uh, just going to get worse. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so besides Las Vegas, uh, <laughs> severed their ties. They're looking for a new videographer if anybody wants to. Uh, I'm going to sign up. That, uh, I'm gonna you should sign, sign up and immediately block your site. <laughs> I'm going to volunteer. And I'm going to go... Uh, to Iron Geeks. I, yeah, I to- <laughs> yeah, I totally... To upload your videos to Iron Geeks site. <laughs> oh, yes. That would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> just, just... I got three cameras I can use. That's enough, right? Like, how many tracks do they have? I, I could do that. Hell, I'll invest in it. That's a hilarious idea. And just do something stupid like like a like a, like dick butts in the corner the entire time and and that's that's the only version of the video they get is just dick butt in the corner. Uh, see see that that to me would be that would be awesome. I, I I'm I'm going to try to see I, now I can't even publish this now because it would ruin my plans. Oh well. <laughs> well dick, dick butt. The first episode like. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, wow. Uh, kudos to B sides for uh, you know kicking out Iron Geek, and kudos to Iron Geek for uh, not taking anybody's shit. So high fives to both sides on that one. <laughs> also, I think I should I should uh, mention that Whiskey Neon has actually arm wrestled Iron Geek. Ah, yes, yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I think I have pictures. You, you have pictures. Wow. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was that was all of, of an interesting weekend. Let's just put it at that. And uh, I I don't really remember all of all of the details of the, of the wrestling uh, arm wrestling match. There was not a wrestling match, at least with him. Heyo, uh, but you know that uh, I don't remember that. Who won? It, I I think I lost, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah. I- I think everybody lost. No, Even no. Though, I mean, like, there no. was, dude. There was the one where he demanded a a, a rematch. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess listeners should know that Iron Geek, like, I mean, he's gotten a little uh, a little softer in the padding over the years, but he used to be known <laughs> for like working out and shit. Yeah, he. That's where the term Iron Geek comes from. Is that he was like yeah. this big buff dude who was also a hacker. Um, but yeah, he's he's softer, but uh, look like the hacker side won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No offense, to Iron Geek. He's still no awesome. Iron Geek's awesome. Like I had a great time hanging out with him at DC two one four when he was in Dallas. Uh, we 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 ate pizza together. He paid for it. Uh, it, it was a great time, and he also had a good story about Murdoch, who who I fucking hate. So that was even better. So you know, it was a great it was a great time. Uh, so uh, even though Iron Geek may be sexist, I still uh, think that as a human being, he's genuine and a good person. Uh, he just may come off as sexist. I don't think he's actually sexist. Do y'all think he's actually sexist? No, I think he's just uh. Trolling or he might be he might be trying to push buttons, but I don't know him, so I can't really tell. I don't know. 
I think I, I mean he seemed like a legit guy, like interacting with him multiple times. I think so. on the on the misogyny scale, he's on the very low end, but he doesn't have. I um, mean, he doesn't he doesn't put on like a filter or anything. Right, right, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's very common, is the lack of a filter for actual like old OG hackers. So you know, uh, oh, the yeah. beauty of the internet is uh, politically incorrect. Yeah, definitely asshole humor. Exactly. And just now that hacking's so corporate and professional, that shit doesn't fly anymore. And I can understand I mean, why it would be lost in translation, you know? Has no one at B-Sides Las Vegas ever been to fucking 4chan? No, I, I don't know. Or even Reddit? Um, well, see, Reddit, I mean, they've probably been on Reddit, but there's certain subreddits that they were probably on, like shit Reddit says, uh, you know, other things like that, potentially. But, you know, th th there is also, uh, 4chan ha it is not just B, by the way. There are other ones that you could totally go into and never have to see that kind <laughs> of humor. But I don't know why the fuck you would go to any other uh, board, or 4chan for that matter, anymore. Uh, anyways, let's move on. This has been a really long story. That was, oh we, we, yeah, we talked about Iron Geek more than I think I've ever talked about Iron Geek ever. <laughs> uh, I don't really have a whole lot of other stories other than I'm seeing like multiple headlines about like the U.S. military and the FBI. They're all trying to hire like white hats, and they're having a really hard time doing it. Well, go fucking so there. If, if you have a if you have a clean pass. Or can pass, you know, a lie detector, and you've got some skills. I guess there's a big oh, job market. Don't worry about the lie detector. If you're listening and you're interested in this, and yeah, you, you can pass a background check. You have decent credit. Uh, you don't cheat on your wife. Those are things that you have to be able to pass. Uh, when it comes to the lie detector test, literally the, the way that you pass, it, and the, it, you're going to think it's bullshit, but I, I, I promise you, look it up. There's a whole fucking book about it. All you do is every single question that's asked, you just clench your asshole and answer as tight as you can, and it will be the same result every single time. I'm telling you, it's true. And like, if you know, they'll ask you stuff like, "Are are you the president of the United States?" Don't clench your asshole because then that's the the lie. They, that's how they baseline it. And so, just clench your asshole for all true things, and then your actual lies, and you'll pass it. It's it's very easy to pass a polygraph test. How long are these tests, though? I mean, is your asshole going to get tired? Oh, <laughs> you gotta, you got to <laughs> exercise. you got to train. Uh, there is actually, I kid you not, this is all true. There is a polygraph expert who will teach you this technique. <laughs> if you pay him, he will come and do polygraph tests and, and give you the butthole clinching <laughs> technique needed. He'll teach you how to do Kegels, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Which has double benefit. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I think everyone should, you know, go out and learn this technique to improve your own life uh, from any potential lie detector tests and your sexual health. So that is a great suggestion that Black Math threw on the table tonight. So thank you for Eagle. that. Zandy, for the gov. Zandy, would you ever be worried about passing a lie detector test? Or do you feel like your asshole can be adequately, like, clinched for extended periods of time? Well, I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to practice. I, I don't know if I can do that at the gym. Uh, <laughs> you could. Well, 
Does your gym have a have a steam room? I don't know if I want to go to that gym. <laughs> no, no, you just do it at the gym doing your normal exercise, but while simultaneously <laughs> doing that. So it just builds up over time. Oh, Man, okay. this is this is like we're not even drunk and this is where we're at. This is this is sad. <laughs> now we're talking about hacking uh lie detectors with your asshole. Yeah. Although apparently like you know, they'll use them as props, you know, in the inter- in the interviews and whatever to try and, like, stress you out and get you to crack. So it's kind of, like, it's kind of a bunch of bullshit anyways. Because they'll, they'll get the control in the beginning, which is what they compare the actual results with. But, you know, you're sitting there for the control, so you can throw that off. Exactly. And then throw off everything else. So just kind of, I don't know, I guess I would say... It's probably like a prop, and I've never gone through it, so I don't fucking know. But a prop? It's not like it actually fucking works. Are, are are we talking about props still with clenching assholes? I'm confused. I completely checked out there. I'm sorry. Well, look, you gotta exercise it somehow. You have to train. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool, cool. So go to the nearest safe sex shop. Well, well uh, Zandy's going to write a tutorial on this technique, uh, and you'll be able to find it on shadow.systems in a couple of weeks. So thank you for for that, bro. I'll, uh, I'll put it on YouTube. Okay, that sounds great. All right, so do you have any other stories? Uh, oh. Do you, do you guys have any stories? I, I have one. And then, Zandy, do you have any? Uh, I read something neat. The like a few minutes ago. <laughs> Wait, what? What was that story? Well, okay. Actually, I found like two different things. Did you guys hear about that uh, Cisco uh, router, whatever the hell it was? Yes. Like, yeah. It's, yep. it's I guess malware or something. It sounds like it's pretty crafty. Yeah, it's like they replaced the. Uh, oh, what is it? It's, I just uh, had... I've got this up now. Uh, what's it called? So Mandy and FireEye had their blog posts about it or whatever. Um, and but fuck apparently, FireEye, just as a side note, fuck you, FireEye. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Please don't let it get us. Um, so it's a router implant. They just they found it on various Cisco routers in different countries. It's something, something, something. A modified version of the firmware that uh, opened up this back door. And it's kind of interesting. Um, there's a ZMap page where they took their uh, they took their system and they scanned the internet a couple times and found a bunch of routers that exhibited the backdoored behavior. Because like what you have to do is you have to send specific TCP packets to the router to get the backdoor access. And so they scanned to try and like emulate that without actually triggering it and found not a ton of routers that were infected, but they they did some interesting work. It looks like, it, like, I don't know, it seems like it was probably pretty advanced and sort of targeted, but... Yeah, I mean, they're, like, writing yeah. a backdoored version of the firmware. I mean, it says here that uh, it, they do have to take advantage of either default passwords or passwords that are known. Because it doesn't exploit a technical like vulnerability, right? In the Cisco devices, are these the like the the cloud connected ones? 
Like, you um, know, Cisco has, is, like, are these Soho or are these, like, uh, I don't know. Enterprise? It lists a couple router models, like Cisco 1841, 2811, and 3825 series, but I don't know what the fuck that means. <sighs> okay, because I know they're, the, you know, Soho uh, routers that are, are basically Linksys that are, you know, rebranded as Cisco. Uh, no, these are... Uh, those are Enterprise? Are yeah. Okay. Class. Well, then that's 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 just classic at that point. Wow. I, I expected a vulnerability in Soho stuff, not their actual enterprise stuff. Well, again, yeah, it's it's no. default creds though. But no, this sounds like it's actual like big boy routers, not the consumer grade bullshit. Yep. Oh, well, that's so cool. that's pretty fucking wild. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if people do more research into it and point fingers at some like nation state or something because like the whole deal with this is once you're on the router you've got a really good leverage point to get into the rest of the network yeah that's like golden i'm sure they're going to blame that shit on china like they do everything else and just call it a day because that's the easiest thing to fucking do now you know it's like oh oh we got owned and it was china those fucking bastards everyone gets it right because we've all been owned by them instead of manning up and saying Hey, we we dropped the ball and we let the fucking Chinese hackers own us. Like fuck you, Nortel. Ten years of a backdoor and you didn't fucking detect it. Ten years, your PBX <laughs> systems were backdoor. They had all your IP. You should you should just shut your fucking doors at that point. That is just disgusting. That enterprise government, uh, you know, customers, you, all of it was backdoor for ten years from Chinese hackers. What a f that's just why are they even still a company? I don't understand how the status quo can be. Well, we all get hacked by China. It's bullshit. So expect that to be the excuse. Like we could start like a, a a pool on it and see how much money we can put together. Whoever wins, at what point they they finally drop it and say, oh, yeah, it was it was China. We're sorry, guys. It won't happen again. Yeah, smell smells like China. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, it's probably a 15-year-old, like, in Ohio, who's going to get, like, like raided, and then they'll still say it's China because they want to use him as an asset. That That's what it'll end up being. Uh, and then he'll write a tell-all in about 20 years. So we'll get to the bottom of it one way or another. Hey, so, so what's your beef with FireEye? Oh, uh, the whole, uh, like disclosure thing that happened uh oh the thing they're in they're like they went to court for yeah because they you know that company finds the vulnerability in their in their product they do responsible disclosure they they you know they meet they they fucking fly in and they meet and they talk and they're all like yeah this is, this is cool we're gonna do this next day cease and desist fuck you that is not security do not uh. act like you're an industry leader in security when you shit on responsible disclosure. So for now on, if anyone out there finds uh, a fire eye vulnerability, just fucking drop it on the net. Please, full disclose that bitch. They don't deserve responsible disclosure because they abuse that whole entire concept. Like, that's is, why I say fuck you to them. Isn't FireEye the group that had that intern? Yes, it that... is. Yep. <laughs> And, and, and guess where he was based out of? Uh, Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana. Oh, really? Yeah. So, no, no. Actually, it was Opelousas, Louisiana, which is like a tiny-ass little 
town. It just yeah, it, it's it's in the it's nothing. That that's yeah. I don't like Opelousas. So double double against FireEye for having an employee in Opelousas. That was strike one, and then him doing uh, illegal acts while an intern. Uh, I don't know. It's not really their fault, but still fuck them anyways. Wait, I totally, I totally missed this. What did this intern do? What now? What What did this intern do? Like, what's What's the big story there? The big story? What? What? Oh, are you talking about my story? Yeah, the one you talk about the fire eye intern. Well, I'm sorry. I, I, so, black Black Math was typing like an asshole, and I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> You're t- you were saying something about how there's that FireEye intern, and yeah, he did something illegal. I hadn't yeah, heard about it. He had a, a, what was it? He was running a botnet, wasn't he? Uh, Black Math. That's what he was doing, right? Like, if I remember correctly, he ran a botnet. He like it was a couple of people who got popped, and uh, yeah, yeah, he had he had he he had a a, a rat that it, I guess it was a part of a botnet uh, that he was operating with a few other people. It was like a whole group that got owned. I thought oh, it was wow. Oh actually, yeah, uh let's see here. Uh yeah, it was Morgan. I I'm not gonna try to pronounce that last name, fuck that. Of Pittsburgh. Okay, well someone in this ring got popped out of Opelousas. But anyways, uh yeah, he had a Trojan for Android phones, that's what it was. Yeah. And uh yeah, so there was uh, 450,000 phones infected with it. So, good job on him, though. That's pretty impressive. Like, high five. Uh, I mean, it's totally not okay, but hell, that's 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 decent work he did there. You know, like he he accomplished more with that than he would ever would have at FireEye anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, shots fired. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Zandy, what's your uh, what's your story? Other than sorry, what you already did, you, you, you just had your one. Um, there was let's see, I just talked about that sinful thing. Um, there was something neat that I read about earlier today uh, about using like terminal escape sequences or whatever to hide text and stuff. Oh really? Like uh. In what in what context? Like if you're if you're looking at like uh, shell code or or what? Uh, it's only like it's a neat trick. I'm not sure how useful it would be, but basically, um, it's just you know some post that I was someone sent a link to somewhere, where it's a post to the open wall um, list, I think the OSS security list, and it's describing like if you're viewing a file with cat or more or something in a terminal and it's text, then the terminal is going to interpret like terminal escapes, which can move the cursor around. And so the demo that it has, which I haven't tried yet, but would probably work, is basically like you have a bash script that has some like commands in there doing something evil and some terminal escapes that move the cursor up a few lines Uh, and then print out some like nice benign. Right, right. So it's like obscuring what you're actually doing. Yeah, so the idea is you can look at the file with like cat or tail or head or whatever in a terminal 
and the software, the terminal emulator, I guess, is going to interpret the terminal escapes, and so there's going to be uh, things that you don't see. Yeah, that would be fun to, like, mess oh. with Mr. Chin on his, like, logging and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that. <laughs> I'll send you the link. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I got one thing uh, that, that that was kind of a social engineering thing. Uh, and one thing that, that's important that, that, like, I don't know, I apply things in all aspects in life to hacking. Um, I think that that's the true mindset of, of a hacker is not just limiting it to technology, but in every aspect. So I come and look for hacking stories that aren't involving hackers. And you can commonly find those with social engineering because that's something that exists, uh, you know, before hacking was even a thing. Um, but, but this recent one uh, that Zandy, he, he was a big, like he knows a lot about this more than I do because he was really into this story. Uh, this, this Florida woman by the name of uh, Gail Newland uh, created a Facebook account as a man and uh, befriended this woman as uh, under that uh, Facebook account. And um, yeah, she basically uh, social engineered a friend of hers into thinking that she was a male. And then like the woman goes to meet this man at a hotel or whatever or at her house and is blindfolded. And then her friend has sex with her out of a social engineering perspective. It's pretty fucked up. Don't get me wrong. It's like really bad. Uh, she's got five what? counts. Five counts of sexual assault. But yeah, so imagine that, right? She's talking to a, a the victim is talking to a, a man and they arrange this, this little sex thing and she's blindfolded and then, and then it actually is her friend who's fucking her instead of, instead of the dude. Now, I, I, that's just mind-blowing. Yeah, that's so mind-blowing. Uh, but that's, that's just an example of, of A, what it's like to live in Florida, apparently, and B, um, like, social engineering outside of the context of hacking. And that's I mean, actually... Were they 80? What? Were they dating? No, were they 80? 80? No, no, 25 years old, the woman was. Oh. Yeah, I yeah, know. It just, it's, it's, it's curious, though. That apparently, like, imagine that. Could you imagine getting a friend request from someone and then going through conversing and then agreeing to meet up without actually meeting the person in that context? And and then finding out it was actually a, a female friend of yours, like a completely different gender? That's, that's insane to me uh, how that even occurs. But, yeah, that was an interesting social engineering exploit there. Um that's... I mean, you should, I don't know, this is 2015, man. You should know that when somebody oh, friends you okay, out of the see, blue. See, see, that's your problem. All right, I'm going to stop you there. You, you, you're, you're going to go down the path of saying, well, she should have known better. Well, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, continue, sorry. Well, okay, yeah, I was going there. <laughs> that's what I thought. I'm that's... not saying she deserved it, but no. I don't understand like how pe- how that doesn't set off alarms for people. Well, you know what? Some people are just you know they they see the world as trying to be as optimistic as possible, and don't think that something like that could ever happen. To what f- what fucking internet are they on? <laughs> I know, I know. That's just 
In fact, there was a story today about that I read. Uh, there was a guy who left his fiance for a woman he met on Facebook who friended him out of the blue. And it was a Nigerian, a freaking Nigerian prince type scam. <laughs> he never met this woman. He fell in love with her. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God, that is classic. That is his so fiance noticed him like being distant. But she's the one that set up his Facebook account for him, so she knew his password. Oh, yeah. So she logs, she logs on to Facebook and sees their conversations. She confronts him, and he admits, and he says that he's leaving her. <clears throat> and uh, apparently this girl, like, you know, he felt confident that she was cool because she wasn't asking for money, and she said that her dad was a millionaire from California. And... Uh, That's swagger. So she wanted... Yeah, she wanted to come meet him, but her inheritance is tied up, so she needs like $3,000 to go fly out to the UK. But, That's so but awesome. Before he did it, you know, his ex-fiance like told him about it, because she, apparently she did a Google search for this girl's name, and like tons of stuff popped up, and apparently there's like a forum where all these dudes who got duped by this same scam... <laughs> Are all complaining on the forum. <laughs> she showed it to him, and he didn't want to believe her. But eventually, you know, he came to, and he had to tell like his whole family that uh, I guess he told his family that, you know, he met this girl online. Now you have to tell him that she's fake. That's incredible. She, she's just some Russian guy, probably. That's, yeah. Smoking yeah. a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, with a, with a hoodie at his computer, <laughs> wearing glasses. Yeah, um, it, that that reminds me of a funny story that's not nearly as cool as that. But it was like I don't I don't I don't think it was Ashley Madison, but it was some dating site where where two couples they like fell in like like this is they were gonna cheat on each other and they meet these people online and they fall in love with that person and then when they go to meet it's 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 their significant other. So they end, up, <laughs> they end up breaking up, which is like, what the fuck? This was like, this was meant to be. If you fell in yeah. love with them, with all of your drama thrown in the past, just even their double lives fell in love with each other. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's when they decided that they needed to break up. Is when they fell in love with each other all over again. What a bunch of fucking idiots! <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, that's. Uh, I appreciate it though. Like I, I love. Could you imagine if being the the waiter for that date? Like the dude gets there a little bit early and he's all nervous. He's like, oh, I don't want to get caught. I want to. I want to have. I'm with this girl. She's so awesome. So make sure that you know, you give me the hookup on the wine, and uh, and then and the next thing you know, you just see the drama unfold. Ah, oh, that is just amazing. What are the chances? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it, I mean, th that's just destiny, I guess, at that point. I don't know. I but, mean, uh, it, uh... What would you God. do if you were in a hypothetical situation in which that happened with your loving wife and you, 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 you and her, uh, you know, just... Honestly, the, yeah. the way... The way we are, the relationship that we have, and our personalities, we would probably pause for about five seconds in disbelief and then start laughing and uh, continue with our date. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That's that's actually love right there. So I don't think that you would ever be in that state of which in which you would uh, cheat on your significant other, if that's the case. No, man. I've been through. I'm old enough where I don't want to go through that kind of shit ever again. I mean, like my wife and I, we have uh, basically we have like death pacts, you know. Yeah, death packs are really good to have if you're in a relationship. Uh, that's something <laughs> I, I've heavily researched, uh, and I think that that's a good plan. Uh, you just is that like a is that like a really fucking hardcore prenup or something? Well, yeah, you and, and the good thing about it is, unlike a prenup, all you need is a is a, a notary, and you're good to go. So you just draft it up uh, in Word. There's templates out there, and you fill it out, and then you go into a notary. And, and and the and the real hard part isn't just that that you know it, it's finding the right notary to say oh fuck yeah I, I'll sign off on this because let me tell you it's not easy to track one down that'll agree to that but uh, it, you can find the right one out there uh, and when you do you, you've got it and it's set so well, could you recommend your notary uh, black math that you used no we didn't have like a notary we just said that. Uh... We never want to ever get divorced because it's such a huge pain in the ass and so draining from one's life that we would, we agreed that we'd rather just kill each other. Well, that's essentially <laughs> what it would be like anyways, only much quicker, so. Yeah, we were watching Orange is the New Black and uh, I turned to her and I say, you know, if you went away to prison, I would wait for you. And she said, oh, really? I said, yeah, man, I'm not going to go through the pain in the ass of finding somebody else. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now it's turned into Geek Love Radio, apparently. Geek Love um, Radio. Hey, was that a real podcast? Yeah, dude. I used to listen to it, and I thought I knew shit about, like, relationships. And then, no, it was just, like, two dudes and, like, some chick, and they just they just bullshitted the entire time. But it was really entertaining. So it's kind of like this. <laughs> what were we talking about before this? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's let's wrap up the news uh, and the elephant in the room. Uh, our boy here in in, in the DFW area in uh, Ahmed uh, Muhammad got uh, well. Why do I even need to tell a story? Everyone knows about it, right? And. Uh, it was it was really awesome to see everyone across the world support this kid, uh, because for me, like seeing uh, that last line in the Dallas News um, article where he said he never wanted to bring an invention to school again, that that literally broke my heart when I saw that, and I was like, "Fuck this noise! This isn't going to happen." You know, we're we're going to do something. So. The DHA puts that tweet out, and then just well, happens. It was, you know. Hold up for a sec. I mean, like, if somebody's listening to this podcast from, you know, way in the future, like, maybe we <laughs> inspire somebody as much as Hackniff has inspired us. They're not going to know what we're talking about. So maybe, like, a little bit of background would be, would be good. I, 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 like, honestly, like, why, why don't you, why don't you guys tell the damn story? Because, like, I, I'm tired of it. I'm not tired of the story. I'm just tired of having to, like, talk. <laughs> <laughs> the, the TLDR is uh, this kid, Ahmed, brought a clock that he made to school to show his teachers 
you know, like looking for encouragement and praise because he's this kid that built his own damn digital clock and a teacher freaked out, thought it was a bomb. The school detained him and had the police haul him off in handcuffs. Oh, well, that, 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 that's yeah. Five right? cops uh, were at the school and they interrogated him at the school without a lawyer or parents present. That's very significant to all of that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the gist of the story, why it's making news and getting so much attention, even from the president and all kinds of people is because, you know, this kid is non-white name's Ahmed and he has a digital clock that he made from scratch so you know the the line of thinking is you know he's some sort of like budding terrorist or something yeah because he just happens to have the faith uh, uh, of of Islam so wow we you know we're now going to profile him based off of that apparently and you know, I mean, you can claim all you want that that doesn't play like it's Islamophobia isn't part of it, but that's bullshit. It's totally, totally, Most totally. Yeah, like one hundred percent, man. I actually saw someone uh, post a comment saying that he did all of this on purpose to just create a media frenzy, and he did. It was like he was insensitive to do this. Uh, like so close to 9-11 and I was just like you fucking idiot he was in diapers when that shit happened he's fucking 14 this shit just happened 14 years ago that was that are you are you that fucking stupid and also I, I just you know let's cower in fear because that's not like letting the terrorists win anyways this kid had honest intentions and if you actually think that this was like a publicity stunt I want you to realize how, 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 how like insane that would be. A kid fucking makes a clock, A, which is impressive as shit, right? Like he does this himself without people doing that for him. He goes to school and he somehow like triggers them into calling five fucking police officers to mistreat him. And that was all his plan. The, then the, the, the social media would take off. You know how fucking brilliant you would have to be to execute a plan like that. So if that is in fact the case, by all means, this kid needs props for what he fucking pulled off. Because how many people can can get a fucking invite to the White House by by just a mastermind at 14 years old? Yes, I will totally support that fucking kid if that's the case. Because we need geniuses like that doing things for us in the world, you know? So, uh, yeah, so that's the backstory. We got involved. Long story short, all kinds of crazy stuff happened. And uh, honestly, the whole point of this is so that uh, Zandy here can get props for for (laughs) pointing it in my direction. Like, I I was really pissed off that night about other stuff. And then I saw that and uh, I reacted and uh, everyone online reacted. And if, if Zandy wouldn't have pointed it towards me, then I wouldn't have probably seen it until the next morning. So props to you, Zandy, for uh, sending me the link to all of that. So, uh, yeah. That... Nope. No. It, uh, it was some kind of bizarre twist of fate because I'd gone to catch a local metal show on a 
Tuesday freaking night. Finally got back home and like two in the morning instead of just going to sleep because I had work tomorrow. I'm like, nah, I think I'm going to go surf the web a bit on my phone. So I ran across that, saw that it was in the Dallas area and thought, oh, you know what? I know someone who might be interested in this. And you found that person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now, now at the end of the week that it happened and uh, nobody's talking about it anymore. So. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, I think you're going to see, you're going to see DHA do something for kids in general in the area. Um, a lot of the, the problem is with hacker spaces is that you have to be 18 or older and the Dallas hackerspace really does or Dallas makerspace deserves mad props for publicly posting on Twitter that members uh, had offered him a membership and uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head and that's going to kill me but one guy stood up and paid for his membership to uh, the Dallas makerspace so I real really like like I, I I'm so happy that they 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 stood up to the plate and publicly supported him like uh, we at DHA have and continue to do. So, uh, yeah, that that was awesome. And really, if it wasn't for Zandy, a lot of a lot of my uh, part of that whole thing at DHA, it would have been way later on. To we wouldn't have been able to have um, reached out as soon as we did. So. Props to you and, 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 and a convenient transition there. Um, Sandy, what do you what, what do you do exactly uh, in your free time uh, up uh, up in Ann Arbor? What is that exactly that you do? I forget. Oh, that 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 one thing I do sometimes. Yeah. So um, a while back, I kind of got like it, it's been a while since the NSA Snowden leaks have been coming out and. Uh, ever since they started, it's just been kind of a shit show of one, you know. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did Sandy just drop? He just dropped from the call. That his battery died. That's so <laughs> awesome. He He'll be got, back soon. He just got robbed. Well, well yeah. we, we've got some, some air to fill. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I'll just take over then. Uh. Uh, here's the thing. Zandy started the crypto party in Ann Arbor. Um, we we had the Shadow Systems guys. We we had our little Shadow Con up in Chicago, in November of last year, and we saw uh, Citizen Four in theaters, and that impacted him greatly. And he decided that he wanted to do something to make a difference and educate people uh and so he started the crypto party there and i i was really hoping that he would have joined back by now so that we could talk about it because i was going to spend like the, the next like 10 minutes shitting on crypto party and then having him go back and forth but and so and the, i here's my thing about it and if he doesn't come back on then fuck him <laughs> but <laughs> I love the concept of crypto party. I think it's a, a great idea. The crypto party handbook uh, was, is, is, a, is a great guide uh, like for three fucking years ago or whatever when it started. Oh, actually, oh yeah, three years actually. Uh, and the crypto party handbook was written in 24 hours, which is impressive. 
but why the fuck are we basing our comsec off of a book that was written in 24 hours? No offense, guys, but you haven't maintained your fucking handbook worth of shit. Um, I feel it's irresponsible for you to speak on authority on comsec and not fucking, like, update any of your shit and not adapt to new technologies. Oh, it's real cool. We can go and send emails to journalists and PGP encrypt it. Yeah, that's that's nice to know that, but not everyone's going to be a fucking Edward Snowden. Uh, a lot of people would be more involved if they could just know how to get out of the dragnet. And PGP is a pain in the ass for people who know how to use computers. And oh, yeah. your, your grandma is going to just get so fucking confused, she won't be able to fucking do anything. You know, like it's just, it's, it's a pain in the ass. So. It has to be built in. I mean, yeah. basically what has to happen is uh, you have to have, uh, when, when, you know, when, when Apple implements it, then, then it'll be all right. Okay, yeah. Um, how about something like Signal or Tech Secure Red Phone where it's very easy to use, end-to-end encrypted, and uh, according to the NSA in 2012, was catastrophic to their surveillance efforts. Uh, I totally think that's the type of solutions we need to look for. But the problem I have with Redphone, Tech Secure, and Signal is it's still centralized. And it, the server side is hosted on AWS. Uh, even though it's end-to-end encrypted, which is the most important part, we can't just go spin up our own servers and have federation like XMPP, you know? Um, that's what we need to look at is using that that same idea but applying it to open standards and open source software that already exists out there that's my opinion you know uh and and, and there's different types of communications <laughs> he's back <laughs> he's Has back the conference i don't know what happened i just went away you just dropped my doc, so I now have to edit this. So thank you. <laughs> well, you said he's in Ann Arbor, so. Yeah, but that's a little different. You could have Googled okay. that. Well, um, I'll remind you to edit that out between the like keyboard clacking and vaping and stuff. No, I'm not going to edit that. That's That gives it character. Oh, this is the hacks, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> so, so to Dude. summarize this, so we can wrap this up. Because we we just crossed an hour and we need to maintain a schedule. I I just shit all over crypto parties, Andy. Uh, so why don't you tell me why I shouldn't have done that? What what'd you say? I'm not repeating myself. It was it was the thoughts gone now. It's late. All right. Um. So here I'll so, give you the TLDR. Yeah, do crypto that. Party crypto party handbook written in 24 hours. That's cool. But it's also bullshit because only written in 24 hours. Oh, yeah, that stuff's way outdated. And ho hopefully we'll see a better one coming out uh, soon if people uh, collaborate and improve on it or work on it. Oh, I don't know. It's going to happen, dude. It's going to happen. I'm meeting with uh, a group of people on Sunday uh, to actually talk about that very, very, that very subject is um, – Crypto party's cool and all, but we need something different across the board. And I know you're going to be a part of that conversation, Zandy. We've already talked about it, but what's what's out there isn't working. 
obviously. It, it could be better, so we're going to step up to the plate and make it better. Uh, yeah, definitely. But which, so, so if you want to have the, the Ann Arbor Crypto Party sort of sort of plug, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor Crypto Party. You can find that info on uh, what, what's their what's that hackerspace that you meet up at? Uh, we know we meet up at All Hands Active. Um, so yeah, that's that's second Saturday of every month at 4 p.m. down there. It's a pretty good group of people, and there's a lot of really knowledgeable people in the area too, as far as privacy and security goes. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And one to wrap it up, one last thing, Zandy, what's what would you recommend uh, for just an average person? to get out of Dragnet, surveillance, go. Wow, that's tough. I mean... Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> I'll make this quick. See, the good thing about the crypto party is you can actually, like, reach out of your techie bubble and educate normal fucking people about how to, you know, take their privacy back. I really like text secure signal because a lot of people text already, and it does pretty good encryption while being really fucking easy to use um yeah. tor browser is really easy to use there's a nice security slider so it's easy to disable things like javascript and the tor network's gotten way faster than last time i used it years ago and well, then yeah. and what else uh like uh, let's let's be honest here tor browser bundle absolutely love it use it all the time i actually had a conversation with a man who identifies as Santa Claus a few weekends ago, and he actually tried using it. And wow, could you think about that? Like an old man, think it's literally Santa Claus trying to use Tor Browser Bundle. You have to understand OPSEC before you can use Tor Browser Bundle. You need to know why you can't open a PDF or you can't use Flash. I mean, the the tools are there, but it's also, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm mean, sure, you, you know, you explain that, but for, okay. how about okay. the 15-year-old stupid girl who's on Snapchat right now with her boyfriend? What the fuck do you recommend for her? Oh, for that? Uh, yes. <laughs> you don't have a recommendation. No, it's called Tech Secure, our signal... So if you're if you're a 15 year old girl who is Snapchatting with your boyfriend, use that because it's only a matter of time before your uh, your your Snapchats are intercepted by either a hacker or someone else and leaked online. If you if if this sounds appalling to you and it can never happen because it deletes in 10 seconds, you need to look up this thing called the Snappening, and you will then learn that you're 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 using a tool. Uh, that was never designed for that use. So, thanks for the recommendations, Andy. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, this is where you can talk to people about like open source software and being able to, you know, have some kind of insight into the tools they use. Because if you if somebody just hands you a nice shiny shiny app and they're like, yeah, this is anonymous encrypted everything, you know, no, unless no. You, yeah, you've got to verify it. It's like. You were talking about that fire chat thing a while back, right? How it was supposed yep. to be like peer-to-peer -peer anonymous communication, and it got Using real popular. Bluetooth. Yeah. Yeah, and it, 
then it got real popular with the um, Hong Kong and Chinese democracy activists. And mm -hmm. then somebody does an audit because nobody had before. And it's like, oh, wait, actually, it sucks. And I, it doesn't actually, do anything. Yeah, it wasn't even a real audit. It was just basically um, it was during the protest. Uh, the network traffic was looked at. It's like there was a server that anyone could just uh, pull up in a web browser and it would show you user activity that was occurring. It was so fucking horrible uh, that it, it literally just infuriated me because if an independent researcher saw that, then the Chinese government definitely saw that. Uh, and China's kind of like my baby when it comes to that. So um, I was really upset when I saw that. So I, I definitely uh, think those developers deserve to like just just be forced off a bridge almost because you don't go and sell something that's secure like that and and market it that way and then fuck over people who rely on it for their own lives you know like there's got to be oh, something yeah. better out there you know there's we can't accept this bullshit post snowden era marketing anymore i need to be called out they need to be exposed for being insecure and you know like i don't know i i could go on for hours and we don't have that time that's for another exactly. episode. <laughs> that would be a that would be a really cool project, a sort of like, you know, and the EFF's done some of their own things where they've got the big, you know, checklist thing and they show the different apps and which ones are actually good and not. But it'd be nice to tackle a lot of the snake oil, shiny encryption privacy apps that have come out, you know, since the NSA's been in the news for like two years straight. Yeah. And even aside from like the snake oil apps, I mean, you've got, like developers and companies that are making legit apps that are just horribly insecure. Yeah. I mean, you have to have everybody on board to start taking shit seriously. Oh yeah. But I think that if you can make like, like my whole pitch on this uh, at B sides last year, B sides ZFW last year was if you're a developer uh, and you're making the next big thing, uh, then just build it in from the get-go. Like, there's no fucking reason not to. Uh, just, you know, developers really don't understand uh, security a lot of the time, or especially when it comes to crypto. So it's almost like you need a crypto party for developers so they stop making such shitty apps as far as security goes. It, it, that's, that's a huge problem there. And it, it, you know what it, it takes hacktivists, basically, to make the fucking apps that we use. Moxie, Marlin Spike, is the reason why we have that, because he has a passion for it, and he also happens to be a developer. Developers who, who probably do give a shit about security, but they're completely ignorant on it and don't know where to start, could use, you know, a crypto party of their own type thing, you know? Oh yeah, that would be a really great thing to do, especially because a lot of a lot of these cities have a pretty high density of developers. Like Ann Arbor's got a bunch of tech companies. Other cities in Michigan do. Well, Dallas, that's the job, Sandy. Uh, I come up with the ideas, and someone else has to do them. So that's <laughs> that's now your fucking thing. <laughs> okay, you you can you can fly up here and uh, help me out. But I will. Yeah, hopefully, crypto parties can do a lot of fun stuff. There's hopefully going to be us helping out. Uh, I still gotta get in touch with them, but hopefully, the public library can get a tour relay like the one in New Hampshire did. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's pretty awesome. There will be some more um, actual like training seminar things with activist groups instead of just the public crypto party. But you know, you got to keep the ball rolling and get people involved. Yeah, how to get developers involved is you get developers to start uh, helping you with CTFs and war games, and uh, they start becoming really interested in security. Like, I was doing uh, some smash the stack challenges, and so, like, my knowledge of C is, like, super basic, and I had some questions about syntax, so I I called this guy over, um, you know, he's a CS major, and I was asking him about, and he was kind of helping me out, and I told him what I was doing, like, okay, this, this program, I have the source, I have to figure out how to exploit it to read files as a different user. And he's like, oh, that's pretty cool. So he starts looking at the source code and helping me figure out, like, what exactly it's doing and how we can get around it. And boom, all of a sudden, you have a guy that's been doing development that's super geeked out about exploiting exploiting a program. And now security is on his mind. So, I mean, even just something little like that, you can guarantee that when he's going to be writing some code, things like that are going to be actively in the forefront, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, what's going on in the background there? I'm hearing a dinging. Spooky <laughs> <laughs> neon. What? What? What's going on? You're dinging me. <laughs> in IRC. All right. So I, I, uh, I think that that's a great idea. I'm actually going to try to see what I can do about getting developers engaged and coming out to like B sides and. I mean, it kind of goes with the territory, so, uh, yeah, that was a good discussion. Jesus, I thought it was a little real shit show, but we ended up having a good discussion there, so, uh, thanks, guys. Um, uh, so, yeah, what? do y'all have any last words for the debut episode of Shadowcast? Uh, yeah, so what, if this one took so long, what are we going to do for episode two tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, uh, no, that's never going to happen. Uh, this is a one-off thing. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to figure out a format if it's bi-weekly, weekly, whatever. Um, we know we can't rely on Mr. Chin because he's, you know, he's a veteran after Hacknip. Uh, he just, you know, he's burned out on the whole podcast. As a matter of fact, anytime he's on Dallas Hackers After Hours, he just falls asleep because <laughs> his podcast is so superior that anything else just doesn't come close. So we'll try to work him into where he can show up and be a part of this. But I, I want to thank you guys so much for, uh, for doing this. And, uh, well, I hope everyone listening out there enjoyed it. And you can follow our Twitter account that has like no followers. Uh, it's at ss underscore htp, which if you're confused by that, it means Shadow Systems Hack the Planet, because that's our motto. And our website is shadow.systems, coming this fall since last fall. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys uh, for being a part of this. And uh, until next time.
Shadow Systems. <laughs>